Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. Welcome back, everyone. If you are new here, I am Jeff, and this is uh, episode number 66 of Let It Grow Investing. Um, as always, I've got the links in the description if you are looking to get started on a, uh, a brokerage account, uh, IRA, or crypto account of your own. So feel free to check those out, and I would uh, definitely appreciate you using my link if you uh, need to go ahead and get one of those accounts set up. But uh, yeah, let's dive right into it here. So uh, a couple different names that uh, I think all of us are going to be familiar with today, uh, for the most part. We might dive into some smaller cap stuff too, but um, some different problems we we kind of keep seeing out of a, a couple names right now, and some other ones that are you know just really doing well. But uh, first, I wanted to talk Boeing. You know, they had another plane crash in uh, in China, where everyone uh, on the flight uh, died, and that's you know it's awful news. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can figure out what happened in this situation. But, uh, you know, I had owned Boeing a few years back. They had been uh, doing really well. The dividend was decent. They were coming out with a new plane, you know, and then the new plane came out and there was a crash and then another crash. Right. Oh, man. So then the the they came out that the things were faulty, that things were manufactured wrong. It didn't get cleared. It got grounded. Uh, CEO missteps, management missteps, uh, all sorts of problems. It just seems like they cannot get out of their own way. Uh, so I had uh, actually went ahead and bought more. Now this is March of 2020. It got sub 100. I think I was buying from 88 to $95. Uh, I don't even know where it is today. Truthfully, it, it really doesn't matter for me because I'm not I'm not even looking to buy this one. Uh, it's just got this. It's 185. It's down five dollars a day. But anyhow, um, you know, this used to be a four hundred dollar stock, and then uh, you know even before the pandemic, it was uh, tanking on some of that other news that we just talked about. But then the uh, the pandemic hit, and, you know, air travel even more. Um, you know, so it really got to be to that point where why why do I want to own this? Why do I want to get pulled through the ringer? You know, they cut the dividend. Uh, currently, they're losing seven dollars a share. Uh, I mean, the the PE is not you know non-existent because they're not profitable at the moment. There's just so much that is in the way of them getting back to um, you know a profitable future without any problems. They they've got a lot of things to work on. Uh, like I said, sorry for those people that were, were on that plane in China. It's certainly awful, um, you know, but it, it's really hard to want to buy a name like Boeing right now. And this is going to be one of the reasons that I do favor single stock exposure. You know, if you've got a uh, an ETF, say that, uh, I forget what it was, ITA. It was an aerospace and defense um, name or uh, ETF that we were looking at. It gives you a mixture of, you know, names like Boeing and Lockheed and uh, Northrop Grumman and all, all these other names that are going to be in that aerospace defense type play. Um, 
But yeah, when you go ahead and buy an ETF like that, you do get some of the ones that are going to have problems, right? Uh, so sometimes in the way of smaller caps, I like having an ETF because I certainly don't have the time to look up every small cap uh, name. And I will trust their decisions because of uh, their track record, this, that, the other. But when I know that there's names that I don't really care for, uh, I will probably stay out of that ETF. Uh, so in the way of, uh, you know, ARC or some of the innovation funds over there, I will let them do their thing because I know that they have uh, people working on it. Granted, they're getting beat up left and right, but I think that's an overall market thing. There might be some bad ones in there uh, or things that I might not particularly invest in myself. But as I said, you know, I think for the most part, They've got a, a good grasp on where everything was going. Uh, pandemic certainly took that higher and then it fell out. But uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons I really favor uh, knowing my individual stocks and kind of doing my homework, staying up to date with what's going on with the company is because you sometimes get these in there that are going to be laggards to that uh, to that growth. So if you could just, uh, you know, hand pick or hand select the ones that you want, sometimes that's a better way to go. Um, so then we've got uh, we got another one to look at here that's also been uh, problematic here lately, uh, and that one is Disney, um, which a lot of people are going to say, man, Disney, you know, maybe they're just, uh, you know, the travel isn't quite there, the, uh, the the stock's just not getting rewarded. I mean, a lot of their numbers are fine, uh, you know, a lot of them are are not that bad. Uh, but what one thing I wanted to point out is they had uh, Bob Iger, the CEO, had left. And now it's Bob Chapek that's in there. So he's been uh, shaking things up a little bit. Okay. So one thing that he wanted to do, and you know, this was originally Walt Disney's like pet project, the uh, the Imagineers. He wanted to, uh, you know, basically set up and be in California around Hollywood and have all the the movie makers and things like that all in one spot. That was kind of where he wanted it. That's how it was going to be done. Um, so now Chapek decided to, you know, change things up a bit. He uh, moved every, all the Imagineers out of the, the California office and now they're in Florida. Okay, so they had a $580 million tax credit from Florida to move there. Um, now that was over 20 years, I believe it was. So it was something like 30 million a year, I want to say. I, I had the numbers earlier. Uh, yeah, 580 over... Yeah, 19 years. Yeah, 30, right about 30 million a year, which is great. You know, I, I understand to try to get the cost savings there, but uh, it's kind of ruining the culture. There's a lot of, uh, you know, friction between Iger and Chapek and, and all the Imagineers. They got a lot of turnover. They got a lot of problems in that division. Uh, it almost seems like he's trying to shake things up maybe a little too much. And we just need to bring it back down to, you know, what we are, what we're great at, focus on that, make it better. Uh, you know, $30 million a year is, is a lot of money, but in, in Disney money, uh, it's really nothing, especially over, over the 20 years or whatever that they are looking to give this tax credit. You know, they're a market cap of $255.1 billion. Uh, and over the next 20 years, you know, really this, this tax credit is a couple big blockbusters of, uh, of revenue really. So over 20 years, 
is it worth the friction right now? Long term, we're going to have to see, but hopefully we can kind of get to that point where he's doing something that is uh, is smooth and making it a well-oiled machine rather than, you know, things are a little choppy right now. And I said before that I would buy it. I would still be buying it. I think this friction will will work itself out regardless if it's with Chapek or without. Um, you know, the, the stock still has a 38% of upside. Uh, average price target on uh, E-Trade is 191.60. And currently we're sitting at 138. Uh, so there's a lot of room there. There certainly is. And it's one that I would probably be looking to buy. I just want to point out that the friction from these different CEOs can can have this uh, stock price lag, even though the the sales are, uh, you know, they're, they're still doing well on Disney Plus. Those numbers aren't hateful. There's still, um, you know, a lot of park visits and it's certainly crowded. They're getting different, uh, uh, you know, park pricing increases to where they're doing different things with uh, the fast pass, I think is gone. Uh, so, you know, you have to pay individually to get ahead of the line. It's a, it's a whole new uh, system down there. But the point of the story is uh, some of these problems with management can really trickle down to the stock itself in the business world, while sometimes that the, uh, the business itself is doing well, but the stock might be hurting. So sometimes this, uh, the stock price is going to be more forward looking and uh, people are going to plan for some problems. And I don't really know why Disney has been beat down so bad. Um, like I said before, I really thought that with uh, some of the vaccinations and, and lockdowns being lifted, that the the park business would be back. Uh, I know from some different uh, people that I've talked to that the uh, the parks have been crowded. It's hard to get reservations. It's got all those different things working for it, but there's still this friction about something something's holding it back i'm i'm re really ready to see it kind of reverse and get to that point where we can hit these 190 price targets you know it wasn't that long ago where where we were up there um you know actually last march we were at 192 so it's uh it's fallen you know pretty substantially we're closer to that year low than we are to the year high uh so certainly some things to be watchful uh there but um Oh, also, I wanted to throw out some Netflix news that uh, they are looking to crack down on people who share passwords. Uh, I know in a couple Latin American countries, they are looking to charge um, a couple dollars more per account when they share a password to, I'm guessing, another, uh, uh, not a VPN, the uh, IP, to where if it's at a different house or on a different uh, you know, Wi-Fi, they're going to charge you to have your stuff there if it's, you know, playing a certain amount of hours or streaming enough. You know, I don't think you're going to get hit if you go on to vacation for the weekend and sign in from somewhere else. I'm not too sure how they're going to do that, but they are looking to crack down on it. Uh, I think the fees are going up again. And uh, ultimately, I, th I think if they can convert some of these people who haven't been paying and they've been uh, using someone else's password, I think ultimately that's going to be another way for them to get a lot of growth, right? They've had it where everyone's been sharing, you know, that uh, new users has really lagged and, uh, you know, they really want to see more people on the platform. That's how they make their money and that's how that stock price is going to do better. So ultimately, if they can get uh, more people actually paying for the service, it'll probably mean better, uh, you know, more shows, more uh, movies, whatever for for all of us. 
Uh, so hopefully we can really see that uh, kind of flip back. And actually, you know, this one, the PEs really come way down on to Netflix at 35.8. I know it was much, much higher. Um, you know, we were at $700 on November 17th, 700. Uh, now we are at 376. So it's almost been cut in half, you know, just, uh, last week on the 14th, it set a low at 329. So that was more than a uh, 50% peak to trough. Uh, so definitely some, some big movement down there. So I guess they're, they're really looking to, uh, get that user base back in play. Uh, currently it's got about a 36.8% upside at $515, but they got to jump that hurdle and, uh, really put the people in place to crack down on this problem that they've got. Uh, so that's one more thing that Netflix has to look at and, uh, really figure out how to crack down and, you know, make sure people can still use their account when they're on vacation. They're not just signing in from another smart TV at someone's house, this, this, that, the other. So there's, a lot of different things that management on these three companies is really fighting to try to get through in order to make the companies better. Uh, the, the one that sticks out to me is having the biggest problems right now is going to be Boeing. Uh, that one, I, I just, I can't even think about throwing any money at Boeing right now. Disney and Netflix with those, uh, the drops that they've had and the upside, and the problems I think are more solvable than uh, Boeing. You know, they've, they've got a lot more problems with the FAA, uh, you know, just general sentiment around people are, you know, dying on their planes and, and crashes and things like that. Uh, so Disney problems are very small in comparison to what Boeing is up against. Not to say that they're not uh, causing some issues, but, you know, take that into account when you're looking at these different names. Uh, yeah, now going forward, Here's the ones that I'm getting more bullish on. Um, first off, we got Tesla. Okay, so Tesla is uh, got the Boeing, the the Boeing factory, the Berlin factory up and running. Okay, so they are now going to be making cars there, and uh, currently they're going to be looking to make about five hundred thousand vehicles out of the Berlin factory. This is going to support uh, Europe and China. It's going to cut down on. Uh, freight from getting the vehicles from the U.S. to uh, you know Europe and Asia, and uh, ultimately they're looking to hire about twelve thousand workers, and uh, hopefully that uh, really will make their uh, their margins stronger with less shipping cost and more vehicles sold around the world. Uh, I still think they are in full on growth mode, and you know looking it says they made uh, or they sold nine hundred thirty six thousand vehicles in twenty twenty one double from the amount that they sold in 2020. Um, you know, that was 499. I do think that this year is going to be a, a substantial increase. Uh, I'm not even hundred percent certain as to the, uh, the number that they're projected for, uh, off the top of my head, but, uh, they keep growing. They are finding new ways to do it. And, uh, ultimately they, they're even talking about making a manganese battery, which I had just heard also. So they're really kind of up in the game. Uh, looking for ways to continue to be years ahead of the competition. And uh, ultimately, I don't really think anyone's catching them anytime soon. You've got, uh, you know, Neo and Lucid that I, I still am a big fan of. But uh, ultimately, I still think Tesla is in that number one spot. And uh, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with in that space. And, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, when it got down to that 700 range, I was I was pretty much slamming the table saying buy this one. 
Uh, you know, that's what I was doing. I can't tell you guys to go do that. But when it got to that seven low eights, I mean, that was even last week. I said, you know, for me, it was a buy. Um, let's take a look. On the 14th, it was at 766. And as of today, it's at 988. Uh, so, you know, hopefully you guys uh, are listening, you're looking, you're doing your research. And when these prices come down to those numbers, uh, it's it's certainly a buy for me. I think I even said it last time, but we've had, uh, you know, about a $200 run in the course of a week. And, you know, that's uh, that's pretty awesome movement. So I will continue to be uh, bullish on Tesla. Uh, I think they're, they're going to probably retest that high if uh, some of the numbers on the next report look great. Uh, I think we're going to retest some of those highs at that 1240 uh, level. And uh, ultimately, I do think that we're going to get higher on this one. I really think that, uh, you know, 1500 to 1800 within a year could be possible. And, uh, you know, maybe that's getting a little bit ahead of itself. It might have some pauses or some breaks in between there. But uh, if they can continue to double the amount of vehicles that they're making, they've still got all the other levers that they can pull in the way of, uh, home chargers and um, solar panels, smart battery systems for the home, insurance, uh, robo-taxis when that comes out. I know there's talks of some different uh, NVIDIA products where we will see uh, full self-driving cars sooner than later uh, in the next 10, 15 years, I'm figuring. And, uh, you know, all that is very beneficial for Tesla as well. I think they'll be one of the first ones to market with that as they're uh, trying to do all these different projects right now. Uh, you know, you still got Apple looking to do the same thing. I think Apple could uh, really pull that lever real quick and flip on that, uh, you know, EV full self-drive type vehicle. Uh, so that's another one that I'm, I'm still bullish on. Uh, I would be more of a buyer here. Well, if it dropped back down a hundred points of Tesla, you know, Apple's had a bit of a run up too. And, you know, we were 150 on the 14th and currently we're at 171 on, on Apple. So up about $21 in that time for them as well. Um, both have run a little bit high for me right now. I want them to cool a bit. Uh, I do think we'll probably get a little bit more uh, down days. Uh, but I do want to point out the fact that we had that massive run last week, right? And one thing I'm very, very happy to see is that come Monday morning, we didn't give it all back. That is uh, definitely refreshing. We've had a rough couple weeks or months here now, and it uh, it's definitely nice to see that we didn't give it all back. There was a little bit of red, uh, but not you know significant to where that uh, 8% or 10% run in the Dow or in the NASDAQ was all just wiped away. We've definitely seen these kind of come back to life in uh in certain places so if you're in them and you're in you know these single stock names you know you've definitely had a nice run here if you're in some of the the ones that are moving it's not a full uh market recovery but we're definitely seeing some individual names rocket higher uh, i will say that the pe of apple at 28 is getting a little stretched I would really like to see that in the, the lower 20s before I go ahead and buy that one. Um, but now for possibly um, one of the most bullish ones that I'm looking at right now, I am really looking more at Google. I know we were talking, we said earlier that this was going to be a, a big name day. These are a lot of big market cap companies. Uh, you know, Google at 1.9 trillion of market cap. Um, 
you know, they're still off those highs though. They had a high of 3,030. We're currently sitting at 2767. Um, PE on this one, 24.9, a bit lower than Apple. And I still think that they have a lot more room to run. Um, yeah, 25.8% upside according to the analysts. Uh, I know that peg ratio has been crazy cheap right now. I forget the exact number on that one. Uh, but then the, um, where is it at? Yeah, just a lot of good news coming out of, uh, out of Google. They uh, have been... They've been running up, and and here's one of the the issues I had with buying more, as I bought this March 2020 also, uh, I timed it pretty pretty decently. If I don't have to, if I must say so myself, I got in right at that thousand to like twelve hundred range. I bought uh, a couple different shares, and uh, it's really done well for me now. So the problem is one of those psychological ones that I got in so much cheaper. I had bought a couple on the way up. Um, but my, I think my average is probably 14 ish, 1400. So it really makes it hard to buy more when it's at 2760 something. But, uh, ultimately I do think that this is one that is going to run higher. It's, uh, kind of taken a bit of a pause here and, uh, it's certainly one that, uh, I believe is on a, a, a nice sale here. Um, when we're looking at the, uh, the forward PE and, uh, the trailing PE, we're, we're definitely seeing some discounts to where it normally trades. Um, it hasn't really dropped. It's doing really well as far as, uh, keeping up with the market here. It's, uh, kind of outpacing some of the, uh, the losses in other stocks. And, uh, for that reason, and, uh, you know, just a lot of their numbers looking really good. The price to earnings is, is like I said, is crazy low. I'm trying to pull up the uh, the Reuters report that I was looking at. They still have it as a buy, and yeah, they say 26. percent the The revenue growth, though, okay, here we go. The revenue growth for 22 is 17.9 uh, percent of uh, forecasted revenue growth. Remind you, it's a 1.9 trillion dollar company. Uh, now next year. For 2023, we have a forecasted growth of 36% on revenue. Uh, will it all make it to the bottom line? I, I don't necessarily know that answer, but uh, I got to imagine that uh, you know Google's going to be watching their costs and knowing what's what's going to make them money. And if they can bring in another 36% uh, on revenue, like I said, on a $1.9 trillion company, I definitely think we're, uh, we're onto something here. Gross margin of 56%, net margin of 29.5%. Um, the debt is crazy low, 5%. Um, yeah, I can't find that. Uh, oh, there we go. The trailing PE um, is currently at a 24.3. The five-year average is a 34.3. So that represents a 29% discount to what they traditionally trade at. Uh, forward PE is a 23.3, five-year average is a 26.8. So that's a 13% discount. So there's a lot of things that are pointing to the fact that they're going to be making a, a quite a bit more money, whether this year or next year. And the, uh, the, the multiples that are, they are trading at are a discount to what they normally represent. So a lot of different pieces put together. Uh, I'm getting stronger and more bullish on, uh, on Google. 
as well as Amazon and some others. But uh, Google is definitely one that in, in my portfolio, it's probably that tier two level. I'm really thinking to make it into a tier one position. Uh, I'm, I'm getting that uh, that kind of bullish feeling off of this one. And uh, I think they've got a lot of different ways to make more money. Uh, but that's what I got in that part. We're going to uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back, uh, talk some more about uh, one stock that I think I'm going to have to pass on and uh, the investing challenge for week 13. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back here. I uh, wanted to do a quick update on the Webull portfolio. Um, we're still down, you know, a little bit. We're we're getting back closer to uh, closer to even here. We're only down three point two percent. So, um, you know, I'll definitely take that. We were down uh, quite a bit more there for a while, and uh, we've actually got uh, more positions. Eh, it's a tie. It's an even split as to green stocks versus red stocks. So we've got. Uh, Six that are winning and six that are losing. Uh, the losers are going to be uh, from least to greatest loss. We got Visa, Walgreens, McDonald's, uh, NVIDIA, Shopify, and then Ford. Um, so, yeah, Ford's the big loser of the group. And then on the other side of things, we've got, um, where are we at? What's the least? I guess I probably could have changed the. The sort here on it that would have made it a little bit easier but we've got uh honest company then we've got uh microsoft uh iron mountain mgm qqq and the big winner ethereum uh, i could have probably guessed that one when i saw it but uh i'm still very bullish on uh on ethereum and uh bitcoin and the crypto space in general both of them look like they're really posed to uh to break out here, I really do think we're going to move uh, a good bit higher on them. And, uh, you know, I, I saw a poll from uh, a YouTube guy that I follow and he said, you know, is Bitcoin going to get to 30,000 first or 50,000 first? And the majority of people were saying 50,000. I've got to agree with that. Uh, same thing for Ethereum. I think we're going to go higher from here. Uh, I don't think we're going to get down to that 2000 level right now. I think we're I think we're in a spot to be moving higher it's full-on consolidation everyone's been collecting i think everyone's been holding there was a stat that i saw that uh, 60 percent of bitcoin has been in the same wallet for more than a year uh, meaning that people aren't selling it people aren't trading it they're not panicking if uh you know price goes up or goes down they're just holding just holding so a lot of consolidation i think a lot of people are trying to add uh, there's, there's really not been a whole bunch of selling. I'm sure some people that 40% did dump a bunch of it, uh, when it got, you know, up to that 60,000 mark or higher. And, uh, ultimately I think those people are trying to buy back in now at this point. But, um, yeah, so we're talking week 13 on the, um, investing challenge. We had five different names from five different sectors, uh, and the small cap, Arena, we've got uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, BRCC. I uh, saw them at Bass Pro Shops the other day. I was walking through the mall, and they do have uh, all their products right there by the checkout, so that's kind of cool to see. We've got uh, Qualcomm in the semiconductor space, uh, trading at probably the most realistic uh, PE re ratio for, th for the group there. Um, where are we at right now? We are at a 18 times earnings. 
Oh, you know, earnings on this guy is 8.72. We got the quarterly dividend yield of 1.73%. Ooh, I'll be actually getting that dividend tomorrow. Look at that. Payable on the uh, the 24th. So as you're hearing it, it'll be today. Uh, so that's cool. We got the JP Morgan. Uh, JP Morgan is, uh, yeah, still, still down. We're at that 140 level, but, uh, you know, that PE is still low at a 9.2. A uh, bit better of a dividend at uh, 2.8%. And then we go to Gilead Sciences, uh, kind of a beatdown biopharma play that uh, has that higher dividend, higher starting yield. We've got 4.8% of, uh, of dividend yield. And uh, the beta is crazy low. The PE is only a 12. Uh, and that's going to be low on a, uh, well, on a biopharmaceutical company, plus one that's going to give you that 48 percent uh yield to start and then uh the one that i was uh just saying i was bullish on uh google you know we just talked about this one i don't think i need to say too much more um but i will say that it, it is definitely a a front runner and one that i think i would like to add to myself uh so if you agree go ahead over to uh facebook let it grow investing and uh get your votes in we need all the votes and uh if you've got someone who's uh needs to join the group, please share the, the page to them or invite them. And uh, yeah, definitely get the votes in. We, we certainly need it to, uh, to make this investing challenge worthwhile. Okay, so now um, wanted to get into another one. This one was a small cap that I kind of alluded to at the beginning of the show. Uh, it is going to be Bark. I had a question uh, on the Facebook page or someone told me to take a look at it. Now, Bark or BarkBox is a subscription-based uh, company that is going to send you uh, treats or toys for your dog. I'm, I'm not sure if they do cat uh, treats or not, but uh, we're going to go with dogs for now. I mean, the ticker is Bark, so you know that's we're going to go with that information. I did do some diving into it, uh, listened to a couple things about the company, and ultimately... Um, you know, their, their revenue is really good. They, they had like, a I want to say when I heard this, it was like a $550 million revenue. Their market cap is $713 million. Um, so it was pretty close to a one-to-one -one ratio, which is really strong for a growth company. Um, now that being said, their, their margins were really, really good too. I think it was a 57% margin. Uh, but now, of that revenue, all of it went to uh, admin and general expenses. So they are unprofitable. They have a lot of debt. Um, they have a, a lot of other problems that I really just can't see them getting past. Uh, and then one thing that I was looking at was saying that their, their cost of getting customers was high. Uh, so they're trying to advertise this, that, the other, you know, their advertising budget versus how many people they actually close as a customer represents about $50 to acquire one customer, you know, which isn't the, the worst thing in the world. You know, when you think of higher price, uh, you know, items, if you said, no, Tesla has 50 bucks worth of advertising to get, uh, to get their, their customer to buy a 70, 80, $100,000 car. That's not that bad. Now in the way of uh, BarkBox, it's a $50 customer acquisition. And the customers were generally staying about 10 months. Um, and it was 
I think it was like a break even. It was about $500 that they were spending on the platform before they canceled. Um, Granted, some people are staying longer, but there was that average was uh, they made about $500 off of that customer. So they, they spent 50 to, to get them. They, uh, you know, brought in $500 worth of revenue and then it was a, a dead relationship. Now that has actually decreased. People are only staying on the platform for four to six months. Um, so that is a big concern. A lot of the problem there is that, uh, you know, they've, they've got, uh, the same stuff every month, you know, how many treats or how many dog toys do you need monthly, monthly, monthly? You're, you're basically just sending the same stuff every month and you get to the point where I don't need any more dog toys. This was fun for like a one-time gift or even, you know, maybe twice a year, but I don't need this delivery every month, you know, and yes, they're trying to do the, uh, bark eats where they're trying to do uh, food delivery, but now they're they're running into some major uh, headwinds at that level. You've got uh, you know your typical um, PetSmart, Petco. You know you can get dog food at Walmart. You can get it at Target. You can get it at you know you pick pick a place. You can get pet food anywhere. Um, now you've got Chewy and other people who are going to be that online player that are going to be doing what BarkBox is trying to do but they've already been doing it and they've been doing it better. Um, so the renewal business, the subscription business is one that I do like. We've talked about that before uh, in the way of Disney or in the way of Adobe, when people have to re up for their uh, Photoshop or different things that you're going to be using uh, on a yearly basis. It's kind of part of, you know, being a, uh, a professional in film or video or whatever. It's, it's something that you have to have. Um, where I said that they have pricing power, you know, Netflix going up $2, not anyone's really canceling or Amazon prime people, you know, they'll pay the extra $10 because there's more value there. Uh, bark box. I feel like it's, it's one that, uh, is kind of a niche type product that there's going to be people that want to have it or try it. But then ultimately I do think that they're going to fall off. Uh, in a recession, I think this is going to be one of those subscriptions that, um, we haven't really gotten into this, but I've wanted to do something saying like, here's where you can find extra money to invest or extra money to save or extra ways to not have bills. And one of them is to look through your subscriptions. And this would be one of the first ones that I personally would cancel. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of them things that I don't think you need on a monthly basis for 20 or $30. Uh, you know, I mean, like I, I use Chewy and we get food delivered. And if, you know, I want running low on treats, I'll add that to the shopping cart. They'll ship it to me, uh, free shipping. It's worked for me for years. I don't really see the, the draw to bark. The, uh, the chart is, uh, is pretty awful. It goes kind of right hand in hand with the, uh, the way of the market though. Um, you know, they had, I think they were around. Uh, just last June, they were at 1350. Right now we're sitting at 4.1. Okay. Um, now when I look at the analyst research, uh, there's actually only one analyst that's covering this one. And, uh, oh, sorry about that. Uh, this analyst says, uh, 12 month price target of $12. So that represents 192%. Uh, so that'd be great. That would certainly be great. Uh, if it's speculative money you want to play and you want to see if this one works, um, you know, 
just know that uh, it might not get there. I, I really think that there's better options for me. If I was going to start a business, this is not one that I would be looking to start. Um, you know, I, I like the way of the, the food uh, on delivery, the subscription. I do like that. But this, uh, the bark box and kind of what they, you know, got themselves shoehorned into is kind of hard to break out of. And then you're really breaking into a space with a bunch of other players that right now, in my opinion, there's better players that uh, might not give you this 192% of upside, but I do think they're a lot safer. And uh, right now being a, uh, a tough market for growth, money's being a little bit more expensive. Uh, another reason I'm not huge on, on BarkBox right here, right now. Uh, it, it could go, it could prove me wrong, right? But just for me, it's one that I wouldn't want to risk my money with. There's other plays in completely other spaces or in similar fields where I'd rather put speculative money to work. Um, and this just isn't it for me. So uh, I'll have to pass on this one. Uh, if it's speculative money for you, you know, definitely do your research. I, I think there's a lot more people that are canceling rather than uh, running back to it. And uh, really look at that customer acquisition and how long the customers are staying on the platform. Uh, you know, because without customers to pay them, they're, they're four or $500 a year or however long they're going to stay. They're going to have nothing to, to go back to after that. So hopefully the other businesses take off for them. Um, it might be uh, it might be a tough road, though. That's more or less what I'm getting at. But uh, that's what I got for you guys today. Please, please, please go over to the Let It Grow Investing page. Stop by, say hi, and um, go ahead and get your votes in for uh, week 13 of the Investing Challenge. And uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. Uh, stay safe out there and let it grow. Keep investing. And uh, I will catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.